Dive into The Divider, Trump in the White House, 2017 through 2021. Go inside the Trump Oval Office, from the chaotic beginnings to the violent finale, with unprecedented access to cabinet officers, top advisors, family members, and Trump himself. New York Times bestselling authors Peter Baker and Susan Glasser offer a riveting must-read portrait of America's 45th president. The Divider is in stores now. As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energy audit. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. There we go, guys. Welcome in. Welcome in. It is 6.32 a.m. where I'm at, 7.32 Mountain Time and 9.32 where Scott is. But it's time, regardless of what time zone you're in, for an episode of Broncos for Breakfast. I am Nick Kendall and joined by, as always, out there in Hotlanta, Scott Kennedy. Scott, how are you on this fine pre-Friday? I am well. Uh, I always feel like this kind of feels like the weekend for me. You know, we finished a Thursday and then it's uh, Thomas Hall Legends of Mile High, which is pretty chill, pretty yeah. chill. And then uh, on to Friday afternoons. Um, you mentioned time zone. It'd be interesting to count the time zones we have represented. And uh, I bet we've got 10. I bet we easily have 10 time zones represented in, uh, in Broncos for breakfast, without a doubt. Because I know one more we've got for sure is Ethan coming in. The DWI guy is over in London, so he's minus five Eastern time. So let's see, that puts it about two thirty, I think, uh, two thirty Pacific. Same. He says, "Good afternoon, gents, as always." And he says, on a positive note, coming in hot pink with fifty pounds of uh, of super chat. The NFL Finance Committee unanimously voted to approve the sale of the Broncos to the Walton Group. The vote moves forward on August 9th. Should be a formality at that point. Yep. You do not drop. Uh, what do we say it was almost five billion dollars, four billion and change without already having all of the requisite approvals. You don't risk that, you don't do that stuff. So they've already took taken the straw poll test. It's not close. Now it's just a formality. Shouldn't be a problem, but it'll be nice when it's over and official and you can do some of the things that you're not allowed to do. Meet the prep, you know, talking about things, you know, that you can't officially do until you are the owner. Uh, and that'll be good. That'll be that'll be good for the Broncos. And then it's all football, all moving forward. So thank yeah. you, Ethan. Love you, dude. Yeah, thank you so much, Ethan. Uh, good afternoon to you. Hopefully things are well there across the pond. Um, he says, also he says before that, hot dog, good afternoon, Jensen Broncos mm-hmm. country. So good to see you, Ethan. Um, always appreciate you. And uh, hope, looking forward to the season, man. And uh, I don't know if you just saw it, but Bob Morris just dropped a uh, piece on Mile High Huddle about Denver Broncos underrated superstar from Pro Football Focus. The one, the only Josie Jewel is the player listed there. So I was thinking of you, Ethan. Uh, maybe you should check that out. I don't think Josie is a superstar, but uh, he's fine. Um, EJ coming in saying, good morning, Nick and Scott in Broncos country. Training camp was fire yesterday. Yeah, I heard it was hot. 91 degrees. Luke was telling me about some guy having a heat exhaustion thing going. No, I'm just, hopefully that, that guy's him. okay. That was Luke. No, I'm just That kidding. was Luke. Oh, God. No, um, <laughs> uh, but the, yeah, no, it was good. Um, obviously, I've said it on here a million times. This is just me being, you know, reality check guy but in these training camps when you're not going up against other teams it's zero sum if one guy on mm-hmm. one side is 
winning, that means one guy on the other side on your team is losing. So you don't really know uh, what it looks like. I think it was, uh, God, was the year, it was 2015 with the Broncos. And they're like, oh my gosh, the offense is looking really bad. We're like actually pretty concerned coming off of what, uh, you know, Peyton Manning was in 2013 and 2014. Granted, Peyton did take a big step back, but the Broncos defense was legitimately historical top, top five all time. Um, so that's one of those things you just don't know until you play enough other teams to really see where you fall in the pecking order. But regardless, it was fire because real football is back. Yeah. And there's, there's certain things you can tell, you know, when you're, especially when you're looking for the injuries, we'll, we'll get into several of those that are both positive, you know, and concerning today. Um, you know, how are, how are players moving that are coming off of injuries? Who's not out there because of injuries. Those are the real things. There was a, there was a comment, um, you know, you asked me about watching, you know, OTAs. I'm like, no, I didn't watch the, you know, more than I don't consider watching a two minute highlight reel of OTAs watching OTAs. Basically the only way to watch them is to be there. And even if they were across the street, I don't know that I'd go watch because you just don't learn anything. There's other things I can do with my time that are more valuable. And someone made a crack. It was like, you know, he's supposed to cover the Broncos, doesn't care about the Broncos at all. I'm like, no, I don't care about OTAs at all. <laughs> there isn't anything I'm going to learn watching. Oh, Russ made a nice throw. Yeah, Russ has made a few nice throws. I know that. Um, but you learn a lot of the stuff early on is, is the news bites coming out. It's basically the injuries and coming out. Um, and you can get an idea, an idea. But again, is the edge winning because the right tackle is bad? Or because he's that good and the right tackle is good. You know, some of the things you don't you don't quite know yet. But, um, you know, I know there's a lot of concern in here about uh, about the right tackle position. And frankly, Nick, that's a position we've been harping on on this show for, you know, going on 18 months that it's a concern. And it seems to be as much of a concern as ever right now. Yep. I guess the uh, the one thing Broncos country can take uh Solison is that it's they're not alone in their right tackle struggles. It's an issue mostly across the league, but especially uh, in the AFC West. You know, Broncos, let's say they played Callan Anderson this season, who's not played many reps at right tackle and has looked better at left tackle than right um, in his very limited sample size. He, even though despite, you know, limited sample size and not being amazing there, might not be the worst right tackle in the division because you're talking about Andrew Wiley uh, there for the Chiefs, who's was been horrible. Trey Pipkins. Uh, there for the Chargers, complete unknown. Can't even, don't even remember who's starting there for the Raiders. Maybe it's Alex Leatherwood who got moved to the guard last season after they struggled. So uh, at least the Broncos are uh, not alone. It's it's definitely a concern. Um, if they can just get competency there, um, that'd be great. But uh, as Cleese comes in here, says, you know, the right tackle situation is bad if you're signing Cam Fleming. Yeah, Cam Fleming. Um, I'm a little bit surprised they brought in Cam Fleming instead of Bobby Massey. I'm not sure about that because Cam Fleming is, I think, a better run blocker. Um, but... Uh, Bobby Massey looked like a far more stable pass protector last season. And I'm more concerned about keeping Russell Wilson healthy first and foremost. I'd rather have an elite uh, run blocking unit with this team personally with how Russell Wilson plays. But um, I think the it's more important to not have a terrible pass protecting unit than it is anything else. You mentioned Bobby Massey. I just looked him up. I'm like, all right, how old is Bobby Massey? Cause I, if I covered him in high school, you know, thereabouts, he must mean he's getting old because <laughs> I'm real old. Yeah. He's 33. You know, Bobby Massey might not want to come into training camp. You know, he might want to, uh, you know, sit out just a little bit. I don't necessarily want to go through the dog days. You know, when you're ready to start putting on pads and popping people, let me know. So they may, we don't know that they didn't call Bobby Massey. Um, and it's a possibility, but again, 
either his phone isn't ringing off the hook anyway, which would be a little surprising. He's a serviceable right tackle, or maybe there's a chance he doesn't want to play in July, which is yeah. also, like I said, a, a, a strong possibility. Yep. Definitely is a possibility. We'll see. Um, and this Cam Fleming signing almost is out of necessity for bodies. Um, Billy Turner Without going on doubt. up. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Tom you got, Compton. You lost two right tackles. You've got your your two that you thought you were competing. Tom Compton and Billy Turner on on pup, which doesn't mean anything because you can be activated at any given moment. Um, that's going to be my new pet peeve. I might get off the word salad linebacker changing positions that we've been playing for a hundred years and start talking about the fake pup list in uh, in uh, in in July. But uh, you know, Billy Turner, Tom Compton. Okay, they want to have three right tackles actively in camp that they can, you know, reading through and, and watching the the press conferences and what coaches we, we know is they've got three units. They want 15 offensive linemen in camp, <clears throat> three right tackles. How many do they have now? I mean, they, they lost yeah. two. So th- they had to bring in somebody. And again, you know, I'm not saying I know this for a fact, obviously, but, you know, maybe Bobby Mack says, I don't want to come in and just be a camp body. You know, let yeah. me know when you want when you when you want me to come play and I'll come play. And also just talking about a guy being a camp body, uh, maybe Cam Fleming's a little cheaper um, in that mm-hmm. type of contract. So you're just like, okay, we're going to get Tom Compton back at some point. It does sound like uh, things are, they knew this was happening. It's progressing fine. The one that's kind of a concern, it sounds like, is Billy Turner's knee. Uh, so we'll uh, find out more about that going forward, uh, no doubt. Um, and another reason, uh, not to, I feel like this guy is quickly becoming my uh, my player to your Stephen Means last year, where it's like I keep bringing him up, but like, this guy getting a lot of snaps is very concerning to me. I know it's in just an OTAs and uh, et cetera, et cetera, training camp, but Ben Braden um, getting a lot of right tackle snaps when he's had played nine snaps total in his career to date. And what we're entering year five or six. And he came in as a guard slash center. I mean, uh Oh, like, Oh, Bradley Chubb's dominating him. Yeah. Okay. Better be. (laughs) Yeah. Cool. Um, That's, that's great. Um, Stay healthy, I guess, but I'm not, that doesn't really do much for me, uh, especially when I'm not seeing the reps, but uh, uh, Kevin Gray coming in saying morning Broncos country. So Saturday is the first day in pads. So here come the pads. Here come the pads. Lodi, Lodi. Lodi, Lodi. I would put that. See, that's why you do it with an AW. I was somehow uh, Washington Huskies have taken the Georgia Southern drawl of dogs and think that they can take that on, which makes zero sense. So it's D-A-W-G is dogs. Yeah. And it's Lottie Lottie, L-A-W. L-A-W. That makes more sense. So let me, let me let my Southern redneck fill in just a little bit so I can I can help you out with that one, Nick. Let me get my uh, latte here to drink real quick. Speaking <laughs> of, I'm, I'm right. I'm one mile now uh, from Husky Stadium. I drive by it every morning. Again, I have to get tickets to one of the games this year. Maybe I think the uh, the Buffs play there this year. It's not a far walk from me. Um, we also have Ethan coming in again, man, Ethan, thank you so much. Uh, saying sounds like Luke was really impressed with Jonas Griffith yesterday. Thank God. Okay. Yeah. I mean, we've been, if you've been listening on here, uh, we I started had, it. Uh, we, we started it. I mean, I, I, I let other people take way too much credit professionally in my career to my own yeah. detriment. Cause you know, I don't want, I always said, I need an agent. I don't want to tell you how awesome I am. I want him to tell you how awesome I am. I need an agent. I honestly don't remember the games, but it left an impression. And that's all that matters. I just remember. I'm like, that dude is a badass. Yeah. Uh, it didn't take long to see it. He's 6'4". He's 250 plus pounds. He runs like the wind and he hits like a Mack truck. Yep. Okay. What else am I looking for? Okay. we can. <clears throat> he can get some experience. We can teach him the spot. I can line him up next to a more experienced player and he can learn. He should only get better. Uh, 
I was impressed with him early and often when he hit yep. the field last year, much more so than Kenny Young or whoever they they ran through the the rotation last year. And seems that you know we we weren't alone, Nick. Yeah, and uh, I don't have like ten thousand sources in uh, Dove Valley, but I do have some. And uh, even before Jonas Griffith was taking the field, there was a uh, hey. Watch for this kid. Um, very impressed very early. And that was also one of the big things that I was told. What's going on with Barry Brown? And he was good there last year. Don't worry. We got Jonas Griffith in the wings. We're really excited about him. So uh, good to hear he's doing well. And thank you again, Ethan. Double dipping. We appreciate you. Jeremy in the house saying good morning, everyone. I like the energy, Ethan. Absolutely. Abama X is in the house, too. Good morning, Broncos country. And we got Travis Weber coming in out there in Utah. Travis, I haven't really heard your take on uh, what's going on with the Pac-12. Um, is it going to be the Big 12, Pac-12 merger here? I mean, Utah has built themselves a pretty darn good program uh, out there uh, over the last few seasons, and uh, curious to see what happens. I love that coach uh, coach of theirs. Um, Travis coming in and saying, good morning, Nick Scott and Broncos country. Should we be concerned that we are signing players who started out injured? I mean, yes and no. Uh, the Broncos, the players that they've signed out uh, injured, we kept looking at the deals being like, oh, that's actually not that bad. Okay, but now we're learning out learning why like why oh man randy gregory's deal is really only a two-year deal mm -hmm. uh that's you have a lot of flexibility there that's not the worst deal in the world considering in a low cap hit the first year yeah yeah exactly i mean screaming that stuff there uh so it is a little bit concerning especially because you know you go into it with like these expectations like oh man we got him first deal that's great uh and then it's like later it's like okay well now it makes a little bit more sense we have more information there um but definitely a concern um uh, no doubt. And again, like with Billy Turner and Tom Compton, you're paying them almost vet men for each of those players. So it's not shocking. I guess the biggest concern is that, uh, you know, you're, you have a big question mark at the right tackle position. Uh, but a lot of people, you know, screaming for Leo Collins, he has some pretty serious injury concerns as well. And the Bengals paid him pretty decent uh, guaranteed money. So Broncos went a little bit safer, a little bit more of a shotgun approach at, the, uh, at that position. Hopefully it works out. Probably going to be a question all season and a whole again next season, but no such thing as a perfect roster. And as long as you have the quarterback, you're going to have a chance and you're going to hopefully uh, be able to schematically and player wise around them, uh, overcome some of those deficiencies. And a point Nick, we want to reemphasize is if you've got one hole holes, a big word, but you know, one subpar uh, offensive lineman, you can typically cover, you know, so if your right tackle is not great, let's say that's okay. As long as your right guard is playing at a good level, your center is playing at a good level. And then I can, I can chip, I can use a tight end. I can bring, um, you know, I can drop Andrew back, back into the backfield, run an H back. I can do all kinds of things to help scheme around my deficiencies at right tackle. So that doesn't concern me that much. Um, again, when you look at the rest of the roster and it's so strong, you go, okay, where are the problems? They're, they're fairly obvious. But it, it shouldn't prevent you from becoming a championship caliber type of team. Yeah. Uh, when you run into trouble with that is if your left tackle and your left side can't handle 1v1, you got to come into a lot of double tight sets and you're running into stack boxes. But even with having a, a two wide receiver set and a max protect with Russell Wilson out there, you should still be able to throw the ball. Yeah. So uh, there's ways to scheme around deficiencies at right tackle as long as you don't also have deficiencies in other parts of the line. And frankly, last year, Nick, there were some problems in other parts of the line too, which is what which magnifies the problem. Yep, absolutely. JDA 01, good morning, Broncos fam from Weber State University, Ogden, Utah. 
EJ coming in saying Broncos have neglected to draft a tackle in the last five years of the draft. That's what happens when you don't invest in tackles in the draft. We signed bums off the street that are mediocre. I'd be curious uh, to look at um, the tackles in the last five drafts outside of the first, let's say 50 picks um, that actually go on and become something. I think the Broncos have a pretty strong belief uh, that if you're not taking one pretty early, uh, that uh, the, the bum off the street, that's the one year deal is just as likely to make an impact as, you know, that third round pick on uh, at the tackle position and the good ones, the ones that have that rare body, which is the athleticism, the length, the movement skills, the strength, the technique, those guys are picked up pretty quickly. There's a, I mean, it's a scarcity position and it's one that has a very specific set of skills as uh, Scott has said on here before, you know, there's 10,000 kids on the street available that are six to 32 inch arms, 300 pounds that you can plug in and play the interior offensive line. Six foot five ballerinas with 34 plus inch arm length. I mean, those guys, there's less than 64 in the league, honest to God. And there's that's how many spots there are. So it's hard to find that guy. Um, go ahead, Scott. Well, which is why you don't let Spencer Brown fall to 100. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you don't. <laughs> I mean, you can get them, but everybody else has to make a mistake. Yeah. Um, and that was a mistake. Spencer Brown was a beast, he was a physical freak. And he was mauling people at the Senior Bowl, and he fell to close to 100. That was insane to me. And so you can get them out there for sure. You can. Um, you know who's uh, who's our guy that uh, Abraham Lucas? Mm-hmm. Abram is it Abram? I've already forgotten their names. I'm, I'm like yep. already flushing. There's not enough room in the hard drive anymore. Mm-hmm. I, my short term is is shot. Um, but you know, he, I, I thought he was a guy, and the, the Broncos passed on him a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're out there, but you know, you, you can get them third round, especially at right tackle. You know, typically they're, it, it, we, we talk about the, the movement of players all the time. You know, if you're a tackle, if you're really good, you'll play left tackle. If you're not good enough to play left tackle, we'll try your right tackle. If you're not quite good enough for right tackle, we're going to put you a guard. If you can't play guard, you're not playing football. Yeah. That's just kind of the progression of how it works. So you can typically find guys in the, later rounds down a little bit uh mid to later rounds uh for a right tackle position but you got to take a swing right you got to buy that lottery ticket don't you at some point i think the broncos do have pretty strict athletic parameters and whatnot for the tackle position and length uh, parameters for across the offensive line um it'd be interesting we're only two drafts with uh george payton but uh, both interior offensive linemen they've drafted so far had vines you know 34 inch plus arm length and i think that's something i've heard is Big for the Broncos, even on the interior um, for their scouting process. Mark Schrader coming in with the stars and the support and also saying, good morning, all. Good morning to you, Mark. Hopefully you're doing well. Uh, we appreciate you. I saw ZZZ in here saying, we, I appreciate y'all. We appreciate you. We appreciate you. Z. We appreciate you, Triple Z. Fall asleep. There's a, there's a town near here in the South. I think South Carolina or somewhere. Might be going up towards, uh, up, up uh, towards Duke up towards Raleigh going up from Atlanta. It's like Zizix. It's Z Z Z Y X is the no way the, the town name. <laughs> Just some kid hit the keyboard. Um, cat walked across the screen. Um, it feels like uh, Seattle and Colorado says Lawrence Rivera. Good to see you, Lawrence. I'm going to hit this comment from Lawrence real quick. It's, it. It, uh, it's, it's rather lengthy, um, but it basically it just starts up. I'm, I'm worried that, that Russ wants to throw more, um, wants to throw too much to take away from the, from the game. <clears throat> Russ wants to win. Uh, th- that's the big one. He's, he's 33 years old. He wants to win. It doesn't have to be all about him. I think you will see uh, sp- uh, 
you're going to have some upset skill players because there's just not enough footballs to go around. Uh, you know, someone's going to end up being upset. That's just human nature. So that's going to happen. Wait for it. Uh, I'm not getting enough touches, you know, and, and, and I think they'll all be professional about it for a year, but you might see somebody say, okay, I want to move on after a year. Um, but I expect the ball to be spread around well. Uh, Russ wants to win, plain and simple. Uh, does he want to be one of the key reasons why? That's guaranteed. This team hasn't made the playoffs in five or six years. It is guaranteed if they win a Super Bowl, go to the Super Bowl, have a big year, Russ will get the credit and Nathaniel Hackett will get the credit for turning this team around. They are the two big differences. It doesn't yeah. matter how. You can still go a 55-45 run split, which won't happen anymore. Russ will still get the credit for it and even might be mentioned as far as being an MVP for his leadership and his intangibles. Don't worry about it, Lawrence. It's yeah. You're not going to unbalance this offense. If Pookie Williams and Melvin Gordon, are, they're going to be a, a, a big part of this offense. And if it does become an issue, tune in here. We'll talk about it. Um, we'll, <laughs> we'll listen and we'll find out. Uh, Mo Ron, why do the Broncos continue to believe they can play without a right tackle? Uh, Fingers crossed it's not the worst this year, but we'll see. Greg Smith, good morning, Broncos for breakfast. Good to see you. Andrew Lampy with the Stars saying, morning all. Is Jamar Johnson on the bubble? I had high hopes. Does seem like Jamar Johnson is very much on the bubble, and the big reason is if you're not one of the top three safeties, you better damn well be able to play special teams, and he it sounds like he is pretty far behind uh, on the special teams pecking order. Never really was a incredible athlete for the safety position and uh, falling behind the likes of uh, P.J. Locke and uh, – Reed um, as well, who is a special teams ace there for the Broncos on the back end of the safety depth chart. Yeah, we'll see. Um, again, Caden Stearns, you mentioned the three that are there in the rotation. Should see plenty of playing time after that. Uh, you know, what he has going for him is he's cheap, but he, uh, again, you, you have to be able to contribute. Young and, and cheap is, is can, can be a, a good way to go. And uh, Albert coming in making reference says, did you forget to defragment your hard drive, Scott? It's too late for that, man. This one's broken. Um, I I worked in IT in a previous life a long, long, long time ago. And once kind of like once you're in IT, you're always in IT. Um, and I always helped explain computers to people by like the human brain. Your uh, your processor is your intelligence. You know, how quickly can you figure things out and do them? Your, uh, your RAM is your ability to uh, multitask. You know, can I do a bunch of things at once? And your hard drive is your long-term storage. Mine's full. You get you get fifty. It it's full. I I can't remember people I worked with a year ago, but I can tell you my all, all six of my uh, elementary school teachers. <laughs> you know? uh, not sure what my son's phone number is, but you know if you need some '80s hairband reference song lyrics sung in tune, I'm your guy. It's like you wish you could just flush and start mm. over, and uh, but too late for that. So anyway. Yeah, uh, the, the defragmented hard drive. Maybe I should have done that a long time ago. And I want to run through some hellos here. Chris Jenkins, morning, fellas, Broncos family. Uh, glad to finally talk preseason football. Benjamin Flores in the house. Good morning, all. Good to see you. I also saw that uh, uh, Miguel's in the house. Good morning, fellas. Good to see you, Miguel. Albert Knoppers, of course. Hello to you, buddy. Uh, Ryan, sorry, Ryan Kangi. Uh, good morning, Broncos for breakfast. I realize I may be too soon, but could right tackle become a priority in the 2023 draft? The issue is the Broncos don't pick until the third round and it could be late in the third round. So yes, it's a priority, but when you're picking that late and the Broncos are going to have to probably pay Russell Wilson, one of Draymond Jones slash uh, uh, Bradley Chubb. I mean, you have question marks there. Um, 
you really can't be that narrowed in your focus that late in the draft, especially this early. I think it was a uh, Dane Brugler just released an article saying that uh, this year's right tackle, uh, this year's tackle class looks uninspiring at this point. I mean, we still have a full year of football to evaluate and see who emerges, but uh, I think it is a priority, but you need to have a very wide scope at this and point. And typically you're not drafting someone for right. If you go high, you're not drafting someone for right tackle. Um, you're drafting a tackle. You're drafting yeah. an offensive tackle. The hope is always left tackle. Again, you want to get as only played left tackle in college. If you can play left tackle in college, pretty good chance you can play right tackle. He just needs the reps. Now there are a few exceptions. Uh, the great Bob Whitfield, who I, I run into in Atlanta every so often, was an exception because he he had one eye. Uh, he had a, a birth that only had one eye. He was only going to play on one side of the line. Mm. Uh, but most, for the most part, you um, you're just you know, could it become a, a could it become a priority to get a tackle? Yes, it, it should be. You you should bring in a, somebody that you're willing, a toolsy guy you're willing to take a chance on, that has some, you know, uh, what was his name, Wessler, the tall guy. Um, I think um, that um, I think he ended up at Dallas. You know, he's six seven, lean, three hundred and ten pounds, moves really well. The North Dakota. He came in the third or fourth round. You know, yeah, you don't want him necessarily starting right away, but maybe you got him for uh, for you know for twenty twenty four a year later. Yeah, and we got Ethan coming in here. Is this is this the uh, transition, Scott? Is this the, is this a hint? Are we? Uh... <laughs> okay, well, guys. Um, while I pull up the Manscaped read because I closed it so I don't get uh, distracted. Um, make sure that, uh, as you can see, actually, I just got a haircut yesterday, not by Manscaped, um, but uh, had a good time with it. And uh, grooming up top, you also want to groom down below. Taking control of your male grooming is important. If you're experiencing overgrown yard, Manscaped products are so good, you're going to be showing pride in your new bush-free property. It's a fact that you have the best-kept area on the cul-de-sac. Save big and be the most hygienic version of yourself by using our discount code MHH for 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. Uh, whether you're looking to go bald like an eagle or just in need for a safe trim, Manscaped is dedicated to helping you level up your full-body grooming game. The grooming package I highly recommend is the Performance Package 4.0. Inside the package is the Lawnmower 4.0. This electric trimmer is a Bush's worst nightmare. The trimmer is designed to reduce grooming accidents and to shave hair on loose skin thanks to the ceramic blade and the advanced skin-safe technology. And I really love the Crop Mop. I uh, have a very busy uh, summer coming up here, still August. Pacific Northwest summer doesn't really start until mid-July, and August is going to be crazy uh, with a lot of outdoor hiking, backpacking, fishing adventures, and I'm going to bring the crop mop with me because nothing is worse than hiking, getting all dirty, and then going into your tent clothes and everything nasty. So crop mop is going to help me keep uh, clean in the uh, downstairs area, and guys, make sure you get 20% off and free shipping with our code MHH at manscaped.com. Again, that's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. If you use our code MHH, it's time for you to level up down south below the border with the ultimate bushwhacking tools from Manscaped. Yep. So help support the sponsors that help support the show. So yes. manscaped.com code MHH and all the double entendres aside, you know, I, I like the stuff just for, you know, Hey, what is that coming out of my ear? Why is there a hair longer than anything on my head sticking it out of my ear? Let's, you know, take care of that yeah. stuff. So all, all kinds of things to, uh, to go take care of. And, uh, Ethan says, you know, we're on the 4.0s. I'm on the, uh, original model um yeah and and then uh bronco sunrise just got in thank you very much for the uh the super chat bronco sunrise coming in orange bronco orange uh he says just got in go broncos it's not all he says but uh if you're listening later and you want to know what he says come to the show at the where are we with the 27 minute mark 
<laughs> Absolutely. Um, Nads is a good word. I'll just leave that one in there. Okay, we got him coming in here. Making going to make Scott Spadella's coffee. Michael Ronquillo. Good morning, Nick and Scott on Broncos for breakfast. Let's ride. I also saw that uh, Rusty Shackelford, not Rusty Shackelford, is in here. Excuse me. I apologize for that. Did you ever watch King of the Hill? Or you did not? No, you asked me that again. Okay. So speaking of memory problems, um, okay. no, I, I didn't watch King of the Hill. Um, but Rusty, uh, not Rusty, I want to I call you Rusty, not Rusty Shackelford, went to camp yesterday and got to take his daughter, which was very cool. Oh, Tell awesome. him in the chat that he got some some very keen uh, autographs. So a uh, great family experience. You want to talk about having a Bronco fan for life now. There you go. Done. You got one. Yep. So get them indoctrinated early. Uh, I used to start by, you know, I always said my kids could choose any team they wanted to. They were born in Los Angeles. Um, but if you want ice cream in the house, you're going to have to say go Braves. So, <laughs> or we're watching Chelsea Scott. Can we go to a movie? Our dad, dad, can we go to a movie after this? I'm like, yeah, if Chelsea wins, we can go, go Chelsea. You know, all of a sudden I had very invested fans. So yeah, you've got not rusty soccer. You've got fans for life. Great family experience. I, I hope it was just awesome for you. Getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today, it's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy-efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com rebates. Yeah, absolutely. And it sounds a little Pavlovian there um, to get your uh, kids on that Braves bandwagon there. Like, ooh, Braves ice cream. Braves ice That's uh, I'm going to have to store that one away. <laughs> um, Dom coming in here. Good morning, Nick and Scott in Broncos country. Good to see you. I don't know if we said hello to Benjamin Flores yet, but I see you, Benjamin. Good to see you in here. Tyler Rogers also. Good morning, guys. Um, hopefully I didn't skip anybody in here coming in. I always want to say hello to everybody. Oh, Diamond Rattler, of course, too. Boom, let's ride. Good to see you. Falling Sloth, too. Good morning, Broncos country. Hope everyone's day is starting as great as mine. Well, Falling Sloth, share. The uh, floor is yours. What's so good about your morning right now? It's uh, Maybe it's not as hot where you are. It's miserable um, in the Pacific Northwest right now. It's going to be five days in a row of 90-plus degrees. And I live – I I decided that I live in an oven. Uh, it is hot here. So in my house. I uh, went to bed last night. The main floor was 86 degrees, which is not very uh, enjoyable when you're laying in just sitting and you're sweating. I'm not yeah, really a big I, fan. I live in a house that was built in the eighties. Um, and we moved here and said, we've replaced the air conditioners and we do not skimp on air conditioners. Uh, mm. I might skimp on food. I might skip on, you know, stuff like that, but, um, no, we, so I, like I said, I'm not joking. When I said I got $30,000 worth of air conditioners, come on down. <laughs> I got, I've got more air conditioner than car. So, yep. so, uh, it's hot here, but we're prepared for it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, good to see you, Michael Curran. Comment coming in here from Travis Weber on Facebook saying it's been a pass happy league for the past few seasons, maybe even longer than that. You know, dating Dan Marino was kind of the first there for that pass happy league, but definitely um, we've seen exponential improvement uh, in the past game. It's why when people compare, you know, John Elway's stats to a quarterback's stats today, it's like it doesn't make any sense at all. Like if you put Andy Dalton's rookie year numbers back in 1985, he's going to look like the best quarterback in NFL history. You know, it's just the game has changed a lot. So uh, I think that's really silly. A better way, if you want to look against uh, eras, is to see where they rank against their peers. So Andy Dalton, you know, ranking bottom 10 versus Elway top 10 amongst his peers. Better way to talk about that. But I digress. Uh, Travis saying it's past happy league for the past few seasons. But I say, that, uh, I will say that 
but still need those running back studs when it comes time to uh, make calls for the run game. And this is something I've said on here before, but we got a good audience in here today. A lot of people coming in and saying hello. Um, it does seem like when I watch and evaluate, and I've heard other people, uh, smarter people than myself who uh, talk X's and O's, uh, Deontay Lee being one of them over on The Athletic, he was just ranked like the sixth best football analyst in America or something. Good for him. Uh, he's he's an up-and-coming star if you haven't checked him out. Uh, but talking about how uh, Russell Wilson, because of the, he doesn't really have in his pocket as much, the short, quick pass game, especially over the middle of the field, like you see with Peyton Manning, like you saw with Drew Brees, like you saw with see with Tom Brady right now. Um, although Tom Brady's been bombs away somewhat since going to Tampa. It helps to have weapons, I guess. But uh, because Russell Wilson doesn't really work that area of the field as much, you need a strong run game because it's all about, uh, especially if you're trying to get those bombs away, Russell Wilson balls. Um, the league defenses right now, as to Travis's point here about a pass-happy league, have gone really hard, leaning hard into the two high safety shells, even on first and second down. It used to be that's a third down kind of look there where you want to have more guys in the box with a cover one or a cover three look on first and second down. Vic Fangio, Brandon Staley, all of these guys are like, F no, why would we do that? Run the ball, I dare you. The EPA is not even close to passing it. The explosive play opportunity is not even close to passing it. So what does that mean for Russell Wilson since he's not going to be able to, as much, in theory, take advantage of the spaces that are going to be in the middle, short areas of field when you're playing more guys deep. It means that you have to be able to run the ball efficiently. You have to be able to make teams punch them in the mouth and you know five yards, six yards of carry. So the other team then has to be like, wait a second, we're getting gashed right now. We can't sit here in cover six. We can't sit here in cover two or match quarters or whatever you want to call it. We need to shift and pivot down to a cover three or a cover one. And that's when you have the space over the top. That's when you can hit those hash marks or outside the hash mark uh, throw. So um, yes, the running game specifically for Russell Wilson is going to be very big this season and for the Broncos also. And it's not just, you know, the running game, it's the running backs uh, with Nathaniel Hackett. He used those running backs a lot in the past game. And I think that's going to be similar for the Broncos. And that's an area where you can work the short pass game, but it doesn't necessarily have to be over the middle of the field. You know, there's going to be space outside the hash marks for the quick pass game, speed outs, et cetera, et cetera. So, Yes, I agree with you, Travis. Yeah, and the the Twitter version of this, real quick, <laughs> of what Nick said to help sum up and make sure I'm understanding <clears throat> and we're agreeing on this, is if he's not going to throw to the middle of the field, then I don't need to cover the middle of the field, okay? So I can put some guys to the outside. Wait, now I've only got the front four covering the middle of the field for the run game. Okay, so if I can run the ball at the middle for six yards, I better cover the middle of the field again. So your short passing game, middle of the field, becomes your running game hmm. um, yep. is, is how you balance that out. So, again, it's going to be a balanced a balanced offense. I have I have very very doubt on, no doubt on that. And EJ coming in, you asked a question. Do you think Pookie and MG can reach 1,000 yards this year? Uh, my initial reaction on that is no. Um, do I think they can combine for 2,000 yards this year? Yes. Yes, yeah. I think it's more likely to be like a 1250, 750. I think that uh, Jamonte Williams will be, will get more carries. We've said before, I think they were 800 apiece last year, almost, you know, within, they each got 203 carries. They were both knocking on the door right about 800 yards. Nick, I've said, I think I expect 20% more, pa more plays this year based yeah. on the tempo of the game. So 20% on 800 is 960. So you're close. You're close to almost 2,000 combined yards if nothing else were to change. However, I think the rotation is going to skew more heavily towards Javante Williams this year 
even a 55-45 ends up being 1100, 900, uh, 1150, 850. So, you know, I think they can combine for 2000 yards, EJ. I just think it will be, it's more likely to be a 1250, 750, 1300, 700 type of split. Yeah. I will add a little caveat on this one as well. I'm sorry to go down such a uh, scheme uh, pathway there, Scott, but it's all, it's the chess game here. And it's really important to understand with what makes Russell Wilson tick and how this is all going to work. Uh, Cause you need to make win that chess game to get those explosive pass plays. Uh, but come talking about a thousand yards each for the running back. Um, that comment here real quick. Uh, where was it at? Um, okay. He says rushing yards, no mm-hmm. on the rushing yards, uh, but all purpose yards. Absolutely. Absolutely. These running backs, especially because you have target question marks uh, with the, uh, with the likes of the tight end position. A lot of the, the those targets might be shifted to the likes, especially uh, Melvin Gordon, who is an underrated uh, pass catcher out of the backfield. And I mean, last year, AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones for the Packers, I think were the number two and number three uh, target leaders for the Packers last year. Granted, it was Devontae Adams and then question mark that after that for the Packers. <laughs> so it'll be a little different here, of course. But uh, I think a thousand yards each all purpose yards would be uh, shocking if they didn't get it, assuming no injuries. All right. I don't know the league like you do. So is this was this a joke about Alan Lazard about uh, this went viral, had a million views yesterday um, when asked about the difference in camp and and. Aaron Rodgers says it, it shouldn't be that hard going from one Hall of Famer to another. When he Devonte Adams is to Alan Lazard, is that was that a is Alan Lazard like not a player? I don't I don't even know honestly. I uh, play he's, fantasy. He's, he's a player. Um, I know him because he went to Iowa State and was really good at Iowa State uh, from Iowa, a high school recruit. Um, but it's a kind of a clapback at uh, Devonte Adams because he said that about the change from going to Aaron Rodgers to Derek Carr. And he's like, Oh, I don't think it's going to be that different going from one hall of famer to another. Okay. So uh, obviously, I mean, Derek Carr is good and he's starting to get some of his flowers, which, you know, begrudgingly I accept because he is a good quarterback, but um, obviously Aaron Rodgers, even if they're both good, Aaron Rodgers out of the picture here. Yeah. Okay. Derek you know, Carr, and so I, I, I was like, yeah. I was like, I don't think that was a, a knock on his own receiver. Maybe I just, uh, I'm underestimating how good Lazar is. I don't know much about him. Like I said, I don't play fantasy. I don't watch, I don't watch the Packers. Um, you know, beyond the, the highlight guys, like which Devonte Adams. Yeah. So I was wondering where that came from. Now that we were speaking of Green Bay, just a little bit. Uh, another kind of fun over under coming in here, coming in orange. The Broncos orange coming from Ethan. I think this is a hat trick today, Ethan. Maybe even the golden sombrero with four going, um, keeping the lights on for sure. My forehead is nice and shiny with the lights. So thank you. Uh, the over under on uh, Pat Sertan picks this year set at seven. Now, is that you're setting at seven or is that like a Vegas thing? Uh, and over under on how many go to the house set at two. Seven's a lot of interceptions. I was going to say that's a lot. Yeah, I mean, it is. It's hard. You know, what was the interceptions leader last year? And it was digs because they threw at him 50 times a game. Yeah, because he gave up more yards and receptions than anyone else in the league. Um, yeah, uh, defensive leaders interceptions was eleven eight six. Those were uh, those were the three, and it was five. So there were only four play- three players who had more than five last year. So seven's a lot. And, and this doesn't bake in injury that could happen. Knock on wood, but like when you see these Vegas individual player numbers, a lot of times they are hedging a bit with the injury there because if you miss you know three games poof your your numbers are gone but uh what, definitely and what's strange is i think you're more likely to get two uh house calls than seven total interceptions 
Totally. I just think they're, you're going to throw away from him more often. You know, we, yeah. we've talked about that going back into our philosophical discussion of which is the more valuable player to have, you know, the, the corner or the edge uh, playing at a top 10 level. I can, I can throw the ball five other places. Yeah. Uh, I can run the ball. I can do all kinds of things to help negate a corner. It's really, really hard to take an edge out of the game. Um, yeah. You know, I can run away from him, but then I'm only using one side of the field. Um, so, you know, for me, if Sertan starts off hot and we kind of expect that and they decide to test him, well, let's see about this rookie. You know, I mean, the second year guy, this young guy that's getting all the hype. Oh, well, yeah, he's pretty good. But I, I think you can I think you can throw away from him a little bit that seven's a lot. Um, that again, you can go an entire game and not hear a corner's name, and that meant he was fantastic. Um, so you gotta get picked on a little bit to get those interceptions. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, no doubt about that. We got Jasmine coming in here saying morning, everyone. If I remember Jasmine's husband's a cowboy fan, so maybe don't uh, tell him the the digs digs that we're getting in here. I could be wrong though, but I remember some conversation about he's sleeping on the couch. <laughs> so good to see you, Jasmine. And uh, <laughs> just to our point earlier, Scott um, came across my Twitter feed here. Just uh, again, I'm sorry. I have a, I'm a dog with a bone here. Kind of like you are sometimes with the linebacker terminology, this single high versus two high discussion here, uh, Doug, Farrer, uh, who covers the NFL, um, mm-hmm. written multiple books, NFL editor, USA Today. Um, Former Scout is, alum, used to work with Doug. Seattle yeah. guy, I believe. Yep, he is. Um, mm-hmm. He's pretty bummed about the uh, Drew Locke saga here. But uh, anyway, um, <laughs> talking about the uh, single high versus uh, split safeties, here is the touchdown to interception ratio last season, uh, two deep versus single high. So two deep, 152 touchdowns to 195 interceptions. Single high? 334 touchdowns to 222 uh, interceptions. So just a massive uh, discrepancy here in today's NFL and the passion if passing efficiency for the single high versus the two deep and for Russell Wilson to get those opposing teams into more single high looks Broncos run game has to be a, a threat. Uh, the other team has to respect it. And uh, going back to Rusty here, this is kind of a common theme we hear. And I feel like this is kind of just, bubble thought here it says pray for russ's health because the backup qbs didn't look great especially ripping um i can say that about every team in the nfl yeah there, there there isn't a team that you're thinking that is a contender right now that remains a contender if you take their quarterback out of the out of the equation and put in a backup not a one not a one probably not even a playoff team so you know that's that's not alone you you've got to stay healthy at the quarterback position across the board that is a universal truth of the nfl there's just too much invested in your starting quarterback to be able to carry two that can play yeah absolutely i agree with you there uh gonna be important and joel coming in here uh, talking about the running backs in the past game uh saying javante williams has good hands uh just questions about blocking in my opinion needs to be consistent there and cement a position as an all-down back uh so the other team doesn't stack the box on him i'm gonna Slightly disagree here, Joel. Um, not that Javante doesn't have good hands. It's just uh, it's a big question mark for me. And he's looked a little bit less natural there, uh, in my opinion, than Melvin Gordon. And the other issue is that he didn't really get the the run there in college because Michael Carter was a really good uh, plus player out of the backfield uh, as a pass catcher. So Javante can get there. Um, and the other part is I think Javante Williams is a really good uh, pass protector uh, back there. That's one of the big reasons that he 
was one of my favorite backs in the draft uh, two years ago. He just kind of sat back there, really smart, good processor. There's a few good highlight blocks of him where he, he was a shotgun on like the right side and would pick up a free rusher on the left. Um, so good awareness. Um, he's not uh, Ezekiel Elliott uh, level pass protection back there. Who's still the best in the league at that, but uh, he's up there and I think he's going to get better in that regard. But uh, I'll, I'll disagree slightly, Joel, if you have uh, other thoughts on that, you know, hit me up on Twitter. We can, uh, we can go back and forth a bit and I don't think you're wrong. I just have a slightly different take on what I've seen. Um, and uh, Pat, see Patrick Abner coming with some stars. Thank you, sir. And Shane Daniels coming in green. Um, says, morning, Nick and Scott. Feels good to have football back. We're glad you're back too, Shane. Welcome back to football uh, with quality content to talk about. Um, hopefully, uh, the content's been okay, even though the quality of what we're talking about has been, you know, kind of iffy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, we're, I'm excited. It's everybody's excited in Broncos country right now. How long will that last? You know, could last all the way through February. Here's to hoping, man. It's a, uh, it's kumbaya right now. Although I still see some, uh, Drew Lock Teddy Bridgewater discourse on Twitter, which is a little bit tiring, but I mean, I also, I, it, it happens in here, you know, again, yeah. Teddy Bridgewater was brought in for a six round pick and $4 million. It, that's what that makes for. him like 30th in the league in pay. And yep. you, you went from not good to you're still not real good. Who, who cares after that? Eric, I care about Eric Weber coming in with some stars. He says morning, Nick and Scott in Broncos country running game and pass protection will be great. Worried about more about right tackle at this point. Uh, hoping Peyton can work some, some magic. And I'm, I'm wondering if he means, Eric, if you mean the running game and pass protection from the running backs, because if I'm worried about right tackle, I'm worried about the running game and pass protection. Yep. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's a big question mark and we haven't even talked about it that much, but cause the right tackle is such a massive question mark, but uh, this is impacting the interior offensive line too. Um, these Tom Compton, Billy Turner questions, because Tom Compton uh, sounded like they were having real expectations where he was going to compete. Uh, maybe even have a chance to win uh, one of these guard spots. Um, Billy Turner too uh, was a really good guard for the Broncos when he played for them back in 2017, 2018. Now you're at two of those guys. You already have questions about Dalton Reisner. Lloyd Cushenberry has been doing all the right things um, this off season, but he's coming off of a season uh, last two seasons being a bottom 10 center both years. And uh, according to Luke yesterday, uh, Quinn Miners was getting whipped uh, by Draymond Jones. It's one of those things where is it because, you know, Quinn's struggling in pass protection or is Draymond Jones just an ascending uh, demigod? Uh, we'll figure out, figure that out here soon. But uh, just, it's not just right tackle too. I know we like to harp on right tackle because it's a more glamorous position as any offensive line position can be, I guess, compared to the interior. But uh, questions a lot, questions abound. Until they put pads on, the yeah. pass rush should whip the offensive line. Yeah, They should. Um, when you're watching the one-on-ones, when you go to all these type of things, the the drills are skewed extremely heavily towards the defense in pass rush because you know it's a pass rush. It's always third and 18, and there's no help in an immobile quarterback. And on the flip side, it's skewed towards the receivers and the quarterback in the passing game because there's no safety help, there's no pass rush, there's none of that. So if you can get an offensive lineman who can even get in the way of somebody in these drills, you've got somebody. And if you've got a cornerback or a safety who can cover at all when they've got the whole field to cover and they're doing one-on-ones and that type of stuff with no pass rush and no help from safety and the entire field to cover, you're doing pretty good. So 
until they get out and start running live action and put the pads on and there's the threat of the running game, I'm not going to be too harsh on any of the guys who might be having trouble pass blocking right now. Yeah. No, absolutely. We got some guys coming in here. Uh, Todd Smith. Hey, how you doing, Todd? Good to see you. Starry Night in the background. I bet you there's a Bronco version of Starry Night you can put up there if you're interested. Uh, Kayleon Green. Yo, good to see you, Kayleon. I hope you're doing pretty well. And uh, we also got the likes of uh, Eric saying, right, tackle protection is a concern. Yes, it is. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, it's going to be a concern. It's, it's always likely the case, um, especially now with the injuries and whatnot. But uh, that's going to be something we're going to harp on this season. You just hope it's not the straw that breaks the camel's back for the Broncos. And you hope that um, Russell Wilson and the other things around the offense make it that it is not uh, completely detrimental. I mean, I'll argue that uh, Calvin Anderson is not that far off from Isaiah Prince, uh, who started the Super Bowl last year for the Bengals and was beat regularly. But hey, Bengals had a good enough uh, quarterback and weaponry didn't didn't really matter until the Super Bowl. And guess what? If the Broncos lose the Super Bowl because the right tackle position in the moment, it will suck. But you're talking about getting all the way to the bleeping Super Bowl after six years of horrific below mediocrity. So uh, concern, no doubt. But uh, I'm not thinking it's a level of concern that is going to make or break the season completely. Uh, I am Eric Eric says, thanks guys. Now you have more concern about the entire, well, it should be a concern. Honestly, it should be. I think the offensive line was more of it was one of the weaker areas of this team last year. And there haven't been any personnel upgrades, so to speak. Um, There's been some internal things that are going on. And as Albert comes in, he says the scheme from the last couple of years didn't fit some of our offensive line players. That should be better now. Correct. Maybe, but what should be better is a more threat of the passing game. Mm-hmm. That should help. You just heard me talk about the the pass rush with no pads and no threat of the running game, making it really easy to rush the passer. Well, that just kind of described the last couple of years of the Denver Broncos, right? Same thing when it's live. There wasn't a real threat of a passing game. So I could load up for the run. I could get to the quarterback with four guys and drop seven into coverage. I could do all of those type of things. Now, with the threat of the passing game, it becomes easier to run the ball becomes easier to run the ball, you start bringing safeties in. You start bringing linebackers closer to the line of scrimmage. It becomes easier to pass the ball. So having a balanced offense will make the offensive line as a unit much, much more effective regardless of scheme. Yep. Yep, absolutely. Um, we'll see how it plays out. But to your point um, last year, I don't remember who where it came from. They were talking about Javante Williams hitting the rookie wall the last three or four games last season, and that coincided directly with the uh, quarterback change there. And the Broncos went from the heaviest rate of stacked boxes last season to far and away the heaviest rate of stacked boxes over the last three seasons. Uh, despite you know the uptick in arm talent, I think the ability to make uh, pre-snap uh, line checks and run calls uh, went away, um, and that made a big difference on running into a stacked box or not and executing it. Yeah, you and know, not just making the right call, but then being able to execute it. So it's, they they faced the hardest group to run against the hardest defenses to run against. And then it got worse. Um, So that's going to change. If you stack the line against Russell Wilson, you're, you're going to pay for it. And to to your point, um, it went uh, Javante Williams in week 12. I'm going to run down the last looks like six games of the season, seven, eight games of the season. He was 111 yards, 48, 54, 102, 73, 72. And then the last three games, it was 12, 30, 46 for, uh, for rushing. So yeah, he fell off, fell off a little bit. It was fairly, fairly even, um, and finished with 903 yards. So he had 
he had more yards. Do I again going back to the original question earlier? Is it possible to get one thousand yards each? Possible. I just think Javante Williams is going to get a heavier split this year, and I think two thousand yards combined rushing is possible. But I would think it's going to be more in the neighborhood of twelve fifty, seven fifty, uh, to get that two thousand yards. Yeah, hundred percent. That makes all the sense in the world. Um, and guys, we're going to have to start getting out of here. Um, we appreciate it. Uh, boss man said, you know, you know. 50-ish minutes is pretty good, so uh, we'll start wrapping up here. If you have any questions, um, make sure you get them in. As long as the Super Chats and uh, Stars are coming in, we'll keep going. Um, but, uh, you know, starting to make it a little bit shorter. But, hey, you know what that means? Monday shows are coming back here real soon. So you're still going to get as much content, uh, just, you know, maybe a little shorter on this end. Unless, again, you know, the the clapping, the applause, the encores uh, keep coming <laughs> on. So, Scott, um, before we get on out of here, I know that you don't want to take too much away, but any like last thoughts on anything you picked up from training camp yesterday, uh, concerns, storylines you're looking forward to based on what we heard from yesterday? No, it's all love right now. You know, that, and that might go all the way through camp. You know, that might go through the first loss uh, of the season, you know, which, which will happen eventually. I don't think we're expecting a 17-0 season, except maybe Broncos Sunrise. He might be expecting a 17-0. Um, but right now, it's, it's all love, and that's great. Um, you, you, the, the players, I think they appreciate the tempo, the energy, the newness and the hope of the season, which is going to make them better. They will train harder. They will practice harder. They will get better. Um, so I, I don't expect to hear anything, you know, too outlandish as far as this guy's doing this, this guy's doing that. And I, and frankly, like we've talked about this whole time, I don't put a whole lot of stock in it anyway. Good gracious, Ethan coming in red keeping the lights on, upgrading the lights. I think it's time to get another set of lights here, Ethan. Coming in uh, super red. Says he's keeping the lights on. Great show, gents. Take care, everyone. BFB, the closer. I guess it's time to book my flight to London for the Halloween game now. Hmm. Um, but I just, I enjoy listening to everybody. My, my thoughts on, on this is the energy level and the culture change is palpable. You, you'd, you'd have to be a moron to to think differently right now just to say anything to come up with anything negative about how the broncos are practicing or feeling right now you would just be being a contrarian for the sake of being a contrarian yeah yeah i mean god it's really exciting times in broncos country and that is a just an incredible uh super chat there ethan we really appreciate it um keeping us going here um man yeah there, there goes ethan's uh, 4.0 razor <laughs> um yeah we appreciate you guys uh Man, Chris saying, I want to talk to your manager. Well, Chad, it's whatever. Um, but uh, <laughs> um, we appreciate you guys. We're going to get on out of here. Uh, we'll be on tonight. Got, it's 6 o'clock Central. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the Huddle Up guys are back. You know, Chad and Zach, the flagship program. Um, the guys who have their picture on their caricature on the, uh, the Facebook logo there. So uh, we appreciate that, you guys. Make sure you're following Scott and I on Twitter. Uh, Scott is at Scout Kennedy. I am at Nick Kendall, MHH. Uh, also, make sure you're following us at bfb underscore pod as well as at mile high huddle over on twitter if you haven't done so yet make sure you're joining our facebook community at facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle and facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod have really appreciated the recent uptick of apple podcast reviews uh if you haven't done so yet find us on there apple itunes scroll uh search uh, mile high huddle or huddle up uh scroll down and leave us a five-star rating and review and say hey the breakfast crew my favorite we love them everyone else you know they're fine, but uh, love Scott and Nick, um, even though they uh, they talk a lot and talk fast sometimes as well. It's the coffee kicking, and we just progressively get faster and faster. Um, and also, guys, if you haven't done so yet on YouTube, please, please, please subscribe, like, and share. 
Um, it's the number one thing that uh, helps us uh, get some more viewers out there. And uh, if you like the show, you know, make sure you spread it amongst uh, Broncos country. Uh, Scott, what's the rest of your day looking like? i uh, got to take the boy to some strength and conditioning. He's got a day off from practice. We are now in soccer season. So we had like three or four days off between baseball and soccer. So uh, it's it's now soccer camp season. Um, and then, uh, you know, just got some work to do. Got to cut up some videos for for the channel. Go through some of the, uh, the, the press conference highlights. So, again, there's content coming all day on MHH uh, YouTube. So, you know, make sure you've got that that bell Um for your for your notifications because it, it we do we we're we're posting content all day even if it's not just the uh the live shows there's there's clips coming up that we think you would enjoy yeah absolutely well guys uh, we appreciate you everyone have a great day uh we'll see you again tonight and uh, scott and i'll see you again tuesday morning uh but until then choose kindness and choose compassion and go broncos head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things broncos Morning, Broncos country. As an agribusiness expert with Alliant Energy and a farmer, I know how important it is to get the most out of your land. I know that also applies to getting the most out of how your farm uses energy. That's why Alliant Energy offers free farm energy assessments. With a farm energy assessment, someone like me will find all kinds of ways to help you save money and energy. We can even connect you with rebates to help make energy equipment upgrades even more affordable. Schedule your free assessment at AlliantEnergy.com slash Farm Energy Assessment. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies push boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promotes surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal.